0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Strive for Strength podcast. It is your host, Kendall Strample, and I am super excited for today's episode because this guest is actually one I resonated with so much. Today, I'm bringing on Toni Marinucci, and she's an online registered dietitian. She's also been on the Dr. Oz show and given a TEDx speech. She recently released her book, Once Upon a Diet, which once we dive into this today, you guys are going to be over the moon at how she tied in her messaging to this book. So excited for you guys. There are some awesome takeaways in this episode. We talk all about being a female entrepreneur, your relationship with food, how that can correlate with how you perform in your business. So you guys are going to love this episode. I can't wait to dive in with you. Before I do, I also just want to let you guys know I have recently been absolutely obsessed with my cured nutrition. And if you guys are looking to have better cognitive function, if you're an entrepreneur and you want to have more energy throughout your day, I've been using their Zen supplement at night to get really restful sleep. It has ashwagandha in it. And then I've also been using their Rise supplement in the mornings, which has a mushroom blend in it and nootropics. So it helps with cognitive function. It helps with better focus. And guys, let me tell you, y'all know, I do not support a lot of supplement lines. I do not talk a lot about a lot of products, but cured nutrition is one that I truly stand behind. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to leave my information in the show notes down below. If you guys want to take a look at their products, I highly recommend you at least start off with their Zen, which is a nighttime supplement, and then their Rise, which is the morning supplement that I take every single day. Again, y'all know I don't front on trying to promote supplements very frequently. It's very rare. So if I'm talking about something, it's because I love it. And they are sponsoring this episode. So without further ado, let's get into the episode, my friends. All right, Tony, welcome to the podcast, girl. Excited to have you on today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, Well, you have a really cool story and it's one that when I heard it, I really resonated with too. So I'm excited to dive into that. So I would love for you to start off, just let the people know who you are and um, where you got started with everything. I'd really love for you to dive into that.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm Tony. I am a registered dietitian by trade. I continue to do that work and I fell into this work over almost 10 years ago. So I've been a dietitian for about 10 years. Why I got into dietetics where I, as I think most people do is I grew up overweight, insecure, um, obsessed with this idea that I needed to lose weight in order to be worthy of love, acceptance, you know, good grades, all the things, my weight was the reason behind anytime I didn't, if I didn't get an A, it was because my weight, somehow I blamed it on everything. Um, and so I went on this pursuit to weight loss and like many people, went about it in very extreme ways, very rigid ways, eating as little as possible, exercising as much as possible until that didn't work. And then trying to figure out, you know, what do I cut out? What do I put in all the things? And that went on for many, many years. I wish I could say it ended when I went to school to be a dietitian, but it only got worse because the more I learned about nutrition, the more obsessed I became about nutrition. So it was like trading one eating disorder behavior for another. Um, unfortunately but that's the reality and then you know finally after many <laughs> after many years um and we're also working for many other companies and kind of seeing how food can affect you in all these different ways. I started to realize like, I really wanted to help the younger version of me because eventually I did heal my relationship with food and I did find balance in my eating habits and I did improve my body image and all the things that I really struggled with when I was younger. Um, And I wanted to be able to help other people do that. So that's what I do now. And that's where I have my team lead in providing one-on-one coaching for women who have been in a similar place that I once was so that they can just be free, We call it food freedom, like completely free of food and be able to choose how they want to take care of their bodies because it literally is their choice.
0: Wow, that's incredible. And I feel like (laughs) it's very prevalent nowadays. And I know something that you're really passionate about talking about, which I want to dive into because us both being entrepreneurs, I don't know if you can agree with this, but something I see oftentimes is. Sometimes there's almost like uh disordered habits amongst like especially a lot of female entrepreneurs because yeah, they're so busy yeah. or they're really high stress and things like that. So I know like you going through an eating disorder in your past and and you know having that background. I would love for you to kind of speak to like what the difference is between the two of those with disordered eating habits and then actually mm. like disorder, and if that translates yeah. over.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh, in eating disorder, you have to fall into very specific classifications and there's many, many types. You have binge eating disorder, anorexia, bulimia, orthorexia, you know, there's so many different, and there's a specific criteria that you would need to fall into to classify for that. And so, although eating disorders are actually very common, um, they, the, what's more common, I believe I see is disordered eating. So they usually have like one character trait of one eating disorder and maybe one of something else, but not enough of all of them to fit into this criteria. So unfortunately what happens is it gets missed or it's not taken seriously enough. And what's even worse is we live in a society where we, you know, you probably have heard the term diet culture, where it really uh, pushes things like cutting out whole food groups, skipping meals intentionally, ignoring your hunger cues, um very rigid 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 r- restrictive meal plans uh, like very little flexibility um like kind of like a all or nothing mentality a uh, list of foods what you should have and a fear foods on the other side of it and That is disordered eating behavior. That's eating disorder behavior, depending on how you look at it. And so the really only difference is one is recognized as a mental health, as a mental illness, and one is not. And I believe that regardless, we need to help ourselves. We need to not help. We need to get help for it and also be willing to help ourselves. And I think the first step to that is definitely awareness with entrepreneurs. And even beyond that, I think just as people. And particularly as women, we're constantly taking care of other people, pouring into other people and neglecting our own needs. Um, and sometimes food becomes the thing that is most easiest to control, whether that be by, you know, not eating it and trying to not to eat it as and try to eat as little as possible or as a way also to to kind of manage or deal with our stress and kind of going into that screw it mindset of like, I don't care. And food is pleasurable and delicious. And so you kind of just eat it just to check out either way your relationship with food needs healing if you fall into either of those categories and yes entrepreneurs for sure are so stressed out a lot of the times (laughs) because before you really are thriving in business you got to go through a lot of the crap right like it's not easy um you know being a business owner is hard and then like once you kind of master it on your own and then if you decide to scale it's like you have to like it's like starting over all over again and it can be like really stressful there and so um what I encourage people, especially entrepreneurs, to do is to really look back and be honest with themselves. Of when actually was their business performing the best? And my guess is, is that it was actually probably the times where you were getting enough sleep, you were hydrating with water, you were eating balanced meals, you were moving your body intentionally, and you were also resting. Like, and you were having fun. Like, I, I literally the other day I realized I don't have like it's been a lot. Like, I don't have enough fun. Because I'm always working all the time. And like that in, in itself, it's a lot of people turn to food as a way to bring them fun and flavor because they're not having any sort of fun in their life. And it's like their only escape that they can have in the moment. And it's like, go out and have some fun. And you probably won't feel the need to like you know, t- which happens is we end up binging on all these foods that there's nothing wrong with eating foods that are pleasurable. But the problem is, is that if that's your only sense of like what you look forward to, we, we got to take a look at our lifestyle and kind of like re reassess our priorities.
0: Yeah. And I love what you said earlier when you were talking about like back when you were in school and in college and stuff, is that like you were attaching a lot of what was happening to you, to your weight and to your health. And I feel like that's a lot of, especially with even like entrepreneurship is—it's almost like an in denial sort of thing. I think it's like, oh, let me put this on the back burner because it has, you know, nothing to do with what happens in the correlation inside of my business. I don't know if you've ever worked really with like in your business working with other entrepreneurs, but what would you say for I and mean, just people in general, I guess, too, who are negligent of this is like, if this is a problem for somebody, is like, what are those first few steps to kind of take for people to? get real with themselves, I guess, right. But then also taking action steps toward that without thinking it's like an inconvenience to them or, you know, they should. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, f- the first thing that came to mind, it might not sound like it's correlated, but it is, which is like the reason why we become entrepreneurs, I think is obviously because of a passion and purpose and all the things, right? But the other reason is we want to stop trading time for money. That's like the true, an entrepreneur doesn't trade their time for money. People who make a lot of money who and do it well, they're not necessarily working all the time as an entrepreneur. For people who work certain career, certain jobs, then yeah, the more I've noticed that with like in the corporate world, the more money you make, the more hours you work. Like to me, it's like, <laughs> there's no difference, but the purpose of becoming an entrepreneur is to stop trading time for money and to be able to create a business, to create a life around your business rather than, you know, just like living every day to work. That's not, you know, we basically, you just traded th- your job for your Business and yet you're, you're still kind of tied to it, and so I would just challenge you to kind of like rethink why you even started, and like are you living in that way? Because I think that's really really important. Um, second, it's it's truly understanding. It's it's like your biz. If you're sick, which happens, which I've over the past this past year or so. I have been working a ton. And so guys, I'm not speaking like this. I'm like, I'm perfect at this at all. Like I'm literally always teaching and preaching what I need to hear at the same time. Um, But I got, I've gotten sick four times this year, like really, really sick. And um, it's literally, it has no, there's not it's not that I'm not eating well. It's not that I'm not exercising. It's not that I'm not drinking water. It's that I'm, stressed out. I'm just doing a lot. I'm doing a lot and I'm not creating space for fun. I'm not creating space for, you know, relaxation. And I had to have that conversation with myself. It's like, how, how long can I do this? I'm not going to be able to sustain this. This is not, this is not helpful and there's no longevity here, right? So we really need to think about what do you, how do you want to feel and how do you want to be in the long run and slowly start to either delegate more, Or, um, you know, do more things for you or, you know, just focus on how you want to feel. It's actually the same thing that I teach with people with nutrition. So many people are so fixated on how they want to look that they forget how they want to feel. And when you flip that, when you focus on how you want to feel then you somehow end up looking great. And it's not, it's naturally that's not the purpose of it, but you feel great and you can look great at the same time. And it happens in business, right? Like we go into it initially because of our passion, but then we start trading time for money. And then we're now focused on like our bank account. And we're forgetting about like the quality of life and service and all the things that actually matter. And it's important to go back to just, you know, showing up in how you want to be, why did you create this? And like everyone, we always go back to your why it's kind of cliche. I hear it all the time, but it's true. You have to kind of go back to it because that's going to make, sh- that's going to tell you if you're going in the right direction or not.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think, I mean, you know, I work in a space with a lot of fitness coaches and it's so easy for so many people to have. And this happened to me. Like I had my own, a huge gut health journey, like year and a half ago where I was like On a stimulant, I was drinking a bunch of caffeine. I was like not getting micros in. Mm -hmm. And like, as a fitness coach, you can't help but be like, I feel like a huge imposter, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're Mm -hmm. struggling with those kind of things. And I don't know if that's the case for you too, but I know for myself, it was really hard to like get on social media and uh, show up and like feel congruent and authentic. Cause I was like, wait, this is all bullshit. Because in the background, like, actually sick internally, you know, I don't know if you had, and also I just appreciate you like opening up and saying that. Cause I think nowadays entrepreneurship is stupid, glorified, like very, oh, very yeah. glorified. And there is, there's so much hard work that goes into building a business that has health and longevity in it. Mm-hmm. But for you, did you feel like that was kind of a thing for you even over this last year of like, it was harder to show up. Like, what did that look like for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. I had a lot of, um, I, I was sharing with you before we started recording. I, I just recently started two new projects that really like relit my passion actually, which ironically back with, with my, so tips with Tony, let me give you the backstory a little bit tips with Tony has been, a. have been a dietitian for almost 10 years. I have been blogging since college. So 13 years ago. And then I, st- I turned the blog into a business about four years ago, and I've been doing it full time for the past three years. So even though the business is young, I've been blogging for literally almost fifteen years. So to me, if you think about it, someone who's been doing something for fifteen years eventually you're going to feel a little like burnt out, or like you know you're you've said the same thing over and over and over and over again. And so I got to this place literally like a year ago where I had, now I had a team. I thought this was it. I was scaling. I was like, okay, you know, I can, now I can have more time to show up and spread my message and be there. And I was like, something feels misaligned. Like I just don't, I don't have the same Passion anymore? Like I, it's like hard to show up. Whereas before, I just showed up. Like it was, it was a struggle for me. And there, and then when I, I started doing these new pro. I decided, you know, I had a dream last night. Not last night, um, one night, literally, a dream. And it was like a message from the divine. It was so freaky. It was so freaky. And it was like, you're supposed to be a real estate agent. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I don't even, I don't care about real estate at all. Like not at all. I still rent. I've rented my whole life. I'm like me, I don't care. Like that's never been a thing for me. And it was, but then it was such a clear message. And then like fast forward, I ended up getting my real estate license um, for years, we've been frustrated with me and my co- my friends who are also registered dietitians in business, been frustrated with like the the business coaching world. <laughs> I think it's very similar to the nutrition coaching world. It can be quite comp um, there's a lot of misinformation out there, a lot of like you know schemy salesy BS that with a lot of fluff, right? And so we got tired of it. So we decided as a collective to come together. To help other registered dietitians in business. And so within the past few months, I now have two new businesses in addition to Tips with Tony, so I have three businesses. And it's interesting that once I started those, it it like re I like got my love back for Tips with Tony. It was almost just like I just needed to be reminded that there's like other things out there, and I yeah. like you're not just doing that. And it's it's cool. I think sometimes we get so suckered into just doing one thing, and I there's nothing wrong with it because I think you do need to become an expert before just like splitting up all your time and energy. But mm-hmm. it, I think there's there's something about you know sometimes it doesn't mean when you're feeling like burnt out it doesn't mean you need to quit. It just means you might have to like shift a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Or you need to like delegate more, or you know figure it out and. Um, so yeah, so that's, that was definitely a thing for me. And I think once you, um, kind of realign yourself, it becomes, it's easier to show up.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to also jump off of that. What we spoke about before we started recording was you were talking a little bit about how you kind of want to make a small pivot just based off of like your messaging. And I want to talk about first off your book and just like how you tied in, this is like, guys, this is like the best thing I've heard is tying in Disney (laughs) to this so please explain this to everybody so they have a good understanding of this because I think
1: it's an epic. yeah well so I a couple so my book is called One's Upon a Diet I before it was a book I actually did I did a TEDx talk in 2020 and I only had eight minutes to speak and I was like that's not enough time I need to write a book. So then my book was born. And through writing the book, I was starting to think of, like, why is it that not just me, but so many women struggle with their body image and not feeling like they're enough and want trying their absolute damnedest to shrink themselves, regardless of their body size. Um, and then I was like, I I was obviously, like, kind of figuring, trying to, like, do I did all the research, like, why is this? And so I came up with many things. I grew up in the 90s. so It was like, yeah, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, like, certain people in the media, like, of course. Uh, But then I was like, wait a minute, I was like, Disney princesses, literally, like, I was obsessed with them as a kid. They all have the same hourglass figure. And it's all about how to get a prince. Like every single one. So no wonder why not only was I being told by family members if I didn't lose the weight, I would never get a boyfriend. I was also seeing it when I was watching TV because I never I never saw I was always bigger in a bigger body and a more curvier body, even as I got older. Like I never saw myself depicted in movies as the person who got Got the girl. If anything, you watch these movies about, you know, the girl that's, you know, has the glasses and the braces and needs to like change her whole look and stuff in order to be, you know, to get the guy. Right. So it's like, no wonder why we have these messages. So with the Disney princesses, I started noticing like, that's crazy. First of all, second of all, I was like, I feel like there's more here that I can kind of work with. So I started to really. Kind of separate each of the Disney princesses and understanding like their different character traits and starting to notice like if they were, for example, like Cinderella she was so hopeful, but like so hopeful that she settled for like ridiculous circumstances. Like she allowed to be stepped on and treated unfairly and all the things for years. And if her fairy godmother never came, she would have never gotten out of that situation. So I've, I've noticed that I started to recognize that like, say if Cinderella ate a certain way, she would have like very, very, very rigid, restrictive eating habits and somehow hope that like, this was going to be enough and this was going to work. And she would just eat as little as possible, right? So I created these like eating archetypes based on each of the Disney princesses um, kind of like character traits. I, I chose four of them and I actually created a quiz for people to take, to kind of see which one that they ate like, and then help them once they like take the quiz, then they get help on how to now use that character trait. Like being hopeful can be a very beautiful thing, but do it in a way that actually makes sense for them so that they too can find balance in their eating habits. That is so cool. Like, (laughs) one of my obsessions. So I'm like the fact that you were
0: able Ah! to translate that. It's also kind of crazy too, because it makes you recognize and realize like, wow, as children, that's legit what we're exposed to. And it's like, we have to do better and change even things at a basic level like that. Right. Which is insane. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. And don't even get me started on skin color. Like we already know it's like insane. It's actually, it's actually crazy that it's 2022 and Mm -hmm. it's like there's there's all this uproar about the next Ariel. It's it's actually <laughs> insane, and that's just 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 goes to show like this is why so our belief systems are so screwed up, and mm-hmm. it's our job to change the narrative. Right. And I think,
0: I mean, even us both kind of going through what we've went through as like being younger and going through an eating disorder, or disordered eating, it's so prevalent nowadays because of the messages that are subliminally put into our brain, Uh like at such a young age, you know, which isn't. Yeah. Yeah. What implored you to, to write the book? Like, what was it that you were like, okay, like I need to take action on this and I need to take a step towards doing this. What made you do that?
1: Um, Hmm. I, so the main, the thing that that speaks to me when you say that, that really like hit my heart to, as a reminder of why I did it was really because I really felt like, you know, if I were to leave this world tomorrow, like I would want to have something left behind. And I feel like, you know, a book can be that thing, you know, it can be that thing. So that was, that was one thing for like, obviously my greater purpose and all the things. But then also I really felt like so many people struggled in the way that I did. And so, cause it wasn't even just with like weight and body image. It was for me, I, I really did have this belief that if I didn't lose the weight, I would never be worthy of love and acceptance. And so I went on this path. I had these patterns. I'm dating, dating these men that were just not good for me. Didn't treat me well because I didn't see the, my, the love within myself. And I didn't think I was worthy of that because I was, dep- I was deciding that my worth was literally based on how I looked. And so the book is helping people to detach this idea that their weight is tied to their worth and teaching them that they can be happy and healthy regardless of the name, number on the scale and regardless of their relationship status. And I felt like so many people their entire lives are trying to find, quote unquote, the one, whether that be the diet or the one that's going to make it or like their partner. And it's really learning that, you know, there's so many different ways and unique ways in order to figure out how to love yourself and create your own diet, not being on a diet. And just, there was just so many parallels about this that I I felt like I literally needed to write about it and just to help people to see it in a different way. Because I noticed that some people, like for me, I I say this, um, I've said this a lot on like other podcasts and stuff. Like I am a nutrition expert, a thousand percent. It's what I went to school for. I've been doing it for a long time. I really know my stuff in the dating world, like it took me some time. Like it took me a lot of time. Definitely not a relationship coach. Definitely not good at giving relationship advice. Like I really struggled in that area. So I think a lot of people usually fall into one or the two categories. And then some of us like myself (laughs) for a while, I fell into both where it was, it's really hard to um, move forward, be fully present and, you know, live a life of quality when you're uh, wrapped up on, you know, feeling like you're not enough. Yeah. Well, I know that also like a big point of that you said
0: is like dieting is kind of like dating. And I feel like it's a lot of like, if your self-worth is attached to your body image and those kind of things, it's also like you settle for kind of yeah. like what you said about I was, like you settle for the bare minimum. And I was actually in a, a really similar place too. And it's almost like a feeling of, I don't know if you relate to this, but like a feeling of unworthiness Yeah. or like, am I going to find something better than this? Or yeah. do I just look something better than this? And I know for a lot of, I mean, a lot of it, especially women in my close circle, even that I talk to is like, this is like, the major pain point of most people in like the entrepreneurial space that I talk to my friends, my guy Mm -hmm. friends, my girlfriends, like it's a Mm -hmm. huge point. And I also look at it, especially like in the fitness space. And just in general, is like a lot of, um, like I used to compete. So I know a lot of competitors and stuff like that too, is like respect, right. For the sport, but it's also like, it's a lot of like aesthetics and body image and things like that. So it's really easy to kind of displace that into other areas of your life. And I've even noticed for people, like I said earlier, is like in business it ends up being a big topic of conversation consistently Mm -hmm. that I have is okay, well you're detached or you're attached to your image here, but also attached to your achievement, to your business. And self-worth to achievement is another big thing. And it's kind of one of those things. I'm, I'm not sure if you see this too, but it's like, you just displace it continuously until you actually heal it, you know, a thousand
1: percent. Yeah. I'm in that boat right now with the second one, yeah. the last one, right. <laughs> so right. It's, like, it's like, like learning how to understand that my, my worth is not based on my bank account or based on my accolades <laughs> or based on like any of that <laughs> stuff. And yeah. And I think where, where people fear of letting that go. Their fear of letting that go is they think that if they don't have that, like as a motivator, they're somehow not going to try. And it's like, no, the beauty and healing is that you you choose to do it and you get to do it from a place of wanting to rather from a place of feeling like you have to a feeling like a place where you like hate your body it's like no you do it because you love your body you you you're, don't, you're not doing it to prove something to the world and to like you know stick it to the person who told you you couldn't do it like even though it's pretty cool when you do it that's not why you're doing it like you're doing it for you because you are capable and you are able and you are strong and you are powerful and you are meant for more and it's just even just, it's just such a different sort of feeling, different sort of vibe. So for those who are struggling and holding on to whether that be eating disorder behaviors or, you know, feeling like you're not worthy enough or not good enough, I hope that hearing this helps you, just gives you like the the space and the clarity to just step into the healing. It's not comfortable, but it really is freeing and it really is powerful and it's it's a really great place to be. It's so empowering. That's the word. It's empowering to be on that on that other side. It is. And I appreciate you even bringing this
0: up because this is something I've actually had like recently in my life as I was a displacer for sure. Like it went from like eating disorder to attaching my worth to my business, to caffeine, over caffeinated, like over caffeine consumption, addiction to that, like addiction mm-hmm. to uh, stimulants, right? Like I went through, like again, just displacing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You get into the zone of healing, and you're like, this is so uncomfortable. I don't want to be doing this. It feels so awkward. It feels like so unnatural because it's everything against what you've always known. And it's like you have to consistently fight to like rewire and tell yourself, like, hey, I'm worthy of this. You know? Yeah. So it's. It's exciting to see how uh, it transcends over time, and like it helps obviously having. Well, actually, this question more so for you is like, what has supported you through your healing journey and through working through this? Like, what are some things that have supported
1: Oh, so many things, and it doesn't happen overnight. Like, I. There's yeah, it's just lots of things. Um, I've always been a journaler <clears throat> for sure. And journaling really helps you to kind of recognize your patterns. Cause I started to notice after a while I'm journaling the same things over and over and over again. So something needs to change. Um, therapy, working with a good therapist too. Um, I know some people probably didn't have the best experiences with therapists. Once you find your fit, it's a it's a good, great thing to have. Um, because they're gonna give you a different perspective. Mm, they're going to help you kind of see the things that are, they're going to help you see your blind spots. So, um, therapy, journaling, obviously meditation is big for me. When I struggled with anxiety, I just started doing, um, tapping meditation and that was really, really, really powerful for me. So for those who struggle with meditation, um, and you feel like you need to do something, <laughs> do tapping meditation. Cause it's like more engaging rather than you like focusing on where all your thoughts are, are not. Um, so that was really helpful healing. I think it's important to, um, surround yourself with people who get you, who create space for you, who recognize your gifts. I think that's really helpful. Um, and I would, space in general. I think the word space is what's coming to me right now. Like whether that be walking outside and not filling your calendar up, like create space to, because otherwise we're just doers and mm-hmm. then we're never reflecting. And if you just do, 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 you're going to burn out or you're going to wake up one day and be like, I don't even like this. Like who, what is this life? Why am I like, it's not, you're not going to feel fulfilled. Um, so just create, create space for reflection. And then do whatever you need. Like, I think everyone's version of healing is different. I've done Reiki recently. That was awesome. <laughs> you know, like, it, you know, the woo-woo stuff used to like, I used to like almost was judgmental towards it, but like, I just, I guess I just didn't understand it or I wasn't ready for it. Like mm-hmm. when you're ready for it, the healing modality that you're supposed to use is going to show itself to you. So just be open um, yeah. and know that it will be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, um But then we get better. That's how we get stronger, right? How you build build muscle. You break down, build it up. So you're going to break down. I've cried a lot the past few months, like a lot. But like, it's (laughs) actually cool. Like I used to hate crying, but now I'm like, wow. I like feel cleansed <laughs> I like, like, okay. well, oh, just gotta I get the, through the, this capacity. yeah you actually you actually feel the emotion you don't avoid it, it. Well, it well that yeah avoidance is avoidance is my thing for years for years mm-hmm. for years for years so I'm like creating space to let myself grieve and cry and then I go and I do what I need to do and it's like you just create the space.
0: You know, I love this conversation because I literally just had this conversation earlier today with, um, some of my really close friends. And we were talking about how one of my girlfriends, like, I don't want to, I don't want to slow down because I slow down. Then I know I'm going to, oh, my shit's going to come up and then I'm going to yeah. feel it out and then yeah. I'm not going to be able to work. And
1: yeah. I don't know, did you
0: ever have a point in your journey where that came up for you where you're like, oh, I have, to, if I have to face this stuff, it's going to like, take me out of the business. It's going to pull me out of like this good mind or like the mindset that you're currently in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, that's a normal, that's a normal thought process. I, But the, the thing is, is like, it goes back to, the, you're never, at some point it's just not going to work. Like, right. and I'm sure you probably heard the saying, like, you have to slow down to speed up. Like mm-hmm. you really do. And I've really had to learn that this year. So I, I really do believe I've been going through a lot of breakthroughs recently and I really do feel a shift in me, like a huge one. And, but behind, so behind the scenes, like things have like, I've been struggling in silence. Like there's been a lot of like emotional things coming up and finally facing it, but where I've been struggling recently is patience and understanding that it's coming. It's just not right now. It's coming. It's just not right now. And I really have had to kind of lean into that and the, the, the vision that keeps helping me is to understand, like, I really am like that, like a bow and arrow right now. It feels like I'm being held back. It feels frustrating. I I have feelings of feeling stuck. I have feelings of feeling like, oh my God, like, when is my time? Like, when is my time? Right. And and that, those feelings of me being pulled back, it's literally to help me launch. Like I, what I'm telling you, like, I've never felt so sure of something in my entire life. Like I really have not felt it because I, I've, I've done, I've been doing the work and like it now it's just, it's done. It's just a matter of like the timing. And I'm now I'm like leaning into it rather than like being upset and resistant and frustrated with it. I'm like, okay, well, whenever, whenever the universe wants to bring it, I am ready. Whenever you want to bring I am ready and I understand now I understand like you're pulling me back quote unquote to let me launch like I'm freaking ready like let's go so it yeah. really comes down to just like reframing how you're looking at things and really trusting in that and trust it is okay to slow down it is okay to slow down mm-hmm. and you need to slow down because you you need to be healthy and you need to be able to continue to manage and to delegate and to have a business and all the things and if you get sick or, you know, if you're irritable or you're not even happy, what's the point? Right. If you're stressed out, what's the point? Right. Right.
0: Oh, I love that perspective so much. Oh, this was so good. There's so many golden nuggets in here. Thank you so much, Tony. Do you have like any last words you want to share? And also if you want to drop your socials, that'd be awesome for everybody.
1: Yeah. Uh, Last words. I always feel like it's a golden question. So I have to Mm -hmm. say something. I would just say, trust in the process. I know it's a little bit cliche, but just trust in the process because you you can't, you can't screw it up. Like whether you go left or you go right, eventually you'll find the way you're supposed to go. Like, you you know, you can't screw it up. So just trust the process, lean in. um, Don't be afraid to be wrong. That's where I, a lot of times (laughs) be afraid to be wrong. And so I wouldn't do anything. And it was that, that will hold you back. That will definitely hold you back. Um, So trust the process. Don't be afraid to be wrong. Um, and yeah, create a support system. I think that's big, a big one for sure. Um, in regards to where you can follow me or, you know, and learn more, I am on Instagram at tips underscore with underscore Tony with an I, and I have my website tips If you want to take that Disney princess eating archetype quiz, and my book is on Amazon. It's called once upon a diet. You can get the audio version, the Kindle version or the paperback.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much, Tony. I appreciate you. I'll put all your stuff in on the show notes below.